Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are going through the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible, and we're in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy means the second law. Well, what does that mean, the second law? The second law of thermodynamics, that everything is moving to increasing entropy? No, it, what it means is it's the second time that Moses gives the law to the children of Israel. Well, the story is that they had come out of Egypt. They were at Mount Sinai. God gave them the, the Ten Commandments and then the other 614 commands. And he had given them to them there. And now they're going into the Promised Land. And in the book of Numbers, we saw that journey. Again, in the book of Numbers, we saw that there were three places that they stopped. They stopped at Sinai. They stopped at Paran. And now they're stopping in Moab, right before uh, going into the Promised Land. And in between those, there's their journeys as they're making their way there. Well, they're going in. It's time to go in. And they're going to be reminded again of the law. And in the book of Numbers, we saw there were two senses. One in the beginning of the book, and then one somewhat towards the end of the book. The first one was those, the number of those who were of military age who came out of Egypt. The second one, those of military age that are going into the promised land. And what you find is the generation had pretty much perished in the wilderness. And it's a whole new group going in. So they're going to be given the land and they're going to be given the law. So we're going to do a pretty good overview of Deuteronomy and then spend a little bit more time in Deuteronomy in the next lesson. Deuteronomy 1, chapter 1. These are the words of Moses that he spoke in Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan. So they're still east of the Jordan. They're going to cross the Jordan. That is Arabah, opposite, and it tells you all these places, and you can read about them. Verse 2 says, It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. So they could have made it in a couple of weeks, but they've been wandering for 40 years, and particularly in their last journey, the second journey, when we see in the book of Numbers, they go sort of in circles and circles and circles. Feels like our life, doesn't it? Something that should take 11 days and it seems like it's taken 40 years and not making any progress at all. Well, maybe we're doing the same thing they're doing. Maybe we've just got a lot of work to do with God before we get to where it is we're supposed to be. But as long as we get there, I think we're going to be happy. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. So he's going to reiterate it. He's going to do it again. This was after he had defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, and Edrai, who had def uh, defeated Og, king of Basham, who ruled in Astaroth, and east of the Jordan in the territory of Moab. That's where they are in the territory of Moab. Moses begins to expound the law. He's telling it to them again, Deuteronomy, the second law. And he said, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You've stayed here long enough at the mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites and go into the neighboring peoples of Arabah and the mountains and the western hills and the Negev and along the coast and to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon as far as the river Euphrates. See, I have given this to Israel. I have given you this land. 
Go in and take possession of the land, the Lord, that he swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants. This goes all the way back to Genesis 12, which we spend quite a bit of time on Genesis 12, and the idea that God was going to give them the land. Now, he gives them the layout of the land, and it says they've really never taken that land that far. It says all the way to the Euphrates. That would be modern-day Iraq. So they uh, have never taken that. There will be a time that that will happen. And it says uh, in verse 9, he said, At that time when we were there and all the people were looking for Moses to give them leadership and guidance and settle their issues, he said, I, I, At that time I said to you, You're too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. The Lord has increased your numbers. And so let's get some other people to do this. This was in Exodus 18. This is when Moses' father-in-law came to him and he said, You need to appoint you know, people that can just settle disputes for people. And what you can do is you can teach everybody and you can intercede for them. And if there's really hard cases, they can bring them to you. But for the most part, spread it out among the people. And it seemed good to the Lord and it seemed good to Israel and it seemed good to Moses. And that's what happened. So here we find the fulfillment of that's been going on. And then in verse 19, it talks about the spies that were sent out. We looked at that probably not as in-depth as we should have looked at the spies, those who had faith and those who didn't have faith. Verse 19, it said, Then as the Lord commanded us, we sent out from Horeb and towards the hill country of the Amorites through the vast and dreadful wilderness that you saw, and we reached Kadesh Barnea. And I said, You've reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord is giving us, and see, the Lord has given us the land. Go and take possession of it. And you came to me and you said, Well, let's send some men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report and the route we're supposed to take. And the idea seemed good to me. I was like, hey, let's do that. Isn't it interesting that Moses, being the leader, could take some ideas from the people? Sure, of course. And it says, uh, let us send out men into the land and bring them back a report. The idea seemed good to me, so I selected 12 of you, one man from each tribe. And they left and they went up to the hill country, to the valley of Eshkel, and explored it. Taking with them some of the fruit of the land, they brought down, and they said, it's good. But then other people rebelled. And so now they're just going to wander. So chapter 2, Moses recounts their wanderings in the wilderness. He recounts some of their victories, some of the victories that they had against other kings that were coming against them. Uh, and then in verse 23 of chapter 3, it says, at that time I commanded Joshua, you have seen with your own eyes all that the Lord has done to these two kings. They defeated them. And the Lord will do the same for all of the kingdoms where you're going. Don't be afraid of them. The Lord himself will fight for you. There's a great verse right there. Put that on your refrigerator. At that time I pleaded with the Lord, sovereign Lord, you've begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven and earth that can do these mighty deeds that you do? Let me go over and see the land beyond the Jordan, the fine uh, land, the country in Lebanon. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me. Remember, he hit the rock and said, this is enough. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east and look at the land with your own eyes. You can see it, but you're not going to go into it. Since you are not going to cross into the Jordan, but commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will lead the people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you see. Wow. And then Moses encourages them to be obedient to the Lord. Moses misrepresented the Lord and he didn't like him. 
verse 32 of uh, chapter 4. Now ask about the former days, long before the day the Lord created the human beings on the earth. Ask from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything great, this great ever happened or hap anything that you've ever heard of? And so it goes on and it talks about who the Lord is. It talks about the law. Chapter 5, he gives him the Ten Commandments. Again, remember that what he's doing is he's reiterating it. He's giving it to them again. This is the second time they're getting the Ten Commandments. So if you're reading right through this and you're not getting the idea that he's giving them the law again, you wonder why two times in two books here. Uh, chapter 6, that's the one where you have this one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments I give you this day are to be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. Tie them as symbols on your hands and write them on the door frames of your house. And so the greatest commandment, and when they tempted Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Now, that's what he said. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. He said the second one's just like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so in chapter 7, it talks about driving out the nations. The Lord has already worked some victories for them. And he's telling them, that they are going to drive out these nations. Uh, chapter 8, he tells them, don't forget the Lord. Don't forget the Lord. Um, and he continues to tell them to obey. He tells them there's the one place of worship in chapter 12. Chapter 16, he tells them again about the Passover and some of the festivals that they're supposed to be keeping, reminding them about that, reminding them about the king, that God is their king. He reminds them about the priests and the Levites, and he reminds them about more of these laws and the marriage laws and the various laws and the, the rights of the firstborn. He talks about tithes and offerings. He talks about blessings for obedience, and that's what we'll pick up the next time because it's a pretty critical part of the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28, the blessings of obedience and what happens when you don't obey. So there's a little bit of a survey of Deuteronomy and what it is and how, why it exists and what it's about. And we're going to look a little bit deeper at that passage. And then we're going to look a little bit deeper at the last addresses that Moses gives to the people. So, book of Deuteronomy. Hey, bless you guys. Love you. A lot of fun going through the Bible. Getting the, the, getting the big view, the big overview of the Bible so that we can understand all the verses, the passages, the chapters. Hey, bless you. Love you.